let's be real. Lawsuits are no fun, but with Paulson and Nace, at least they are a little easier. With two DC-born partners, Paulson and Nace will fight for you the way only a Washingtonian could. Paulson and Nace handles medical malpractice, wrongful death, and other complex injury cases involving negligence. So if you have been hurt or lost a loved one because of someone else's mistake or negligence, call Paulson and Nace for a no-obligation consultation. Visit www.paulsonandnace.com or call 202-463-1999. Today on CityCast DC, Black History Month is coming up, which I feel like really has a special significance in a place like DC. You know, when you walk around the city, there is so much history, but it can be easy to miss. Lily and Eliza Dorton, sisters and high school students, founded the D.C. Civil Rights Tour app to let anyone learn more about D.C.'s Black history. And they're here to walk us through it. It's Monday, January 30th, 2023. I'm Bridget Todd, and this is CityCast D.C. I am here with Lily and Eliza Dorton, students at Holton Arms High School and founders of the DC Civil Rights Tour app. As y'all can see, I have the app on my phone. I've been playing with it. It is amazing. My first question is, how did you all come up with the idea for such a cool app? So we came up with this idea back in 2020. We live in Washington, D.C., and we saw the calling for equity in a place meant to represent liberty and democracy. And as two white women who have grown up in a fortunate and very privileged lives, we wanted to find a way to become allies of this movement, but also like understand that this, some of the history that we were going to educate ourselves on was not necessarily our own history. And we didn't recognize it as our own, but we do think it's very important that we do take action and show our peers and people that live in our neighborhood and other places around the Washington area know the history of their homes. So we came across this idea as kind of an accident. We were doing research on civil rights history in Washington, and we came across like several landmarks across the Washington area, Maryland area, and Alexandria, Virginia area that we hadn't learned about in history class at school. We hadn't learned about on any tours we had taken and we hadn't really necessarily seen in any museums, and they weren't the highlights of any museums if they were in those places. And so we decided to create a tour through an app, website, and social media that included 17 lesser-known landmarks across the Washington area to educate our peers and also people that live in the D.C. area. Were there any landmarks on the app or moments in D.C. civil rights history that surprised you, that you were surprised to learn about, that you didn't know about before? For me, I would say a lot of the like lesser known people and the lesser and the houses we do we have a lot of houses on the list, um, and also U Street. We learned about a lot about U Street, and we have several landmarks on that street. And we didn't know that it was sort of um, like a hub for performers and activists during the civil rights movement. So I'd say that's for me. I was surprised by because we have never I never learned about that in school. I didn't learn about it at any museums or tours I've been on. Uh, so that we felt that we really had to include that. Yeah, and we include different landmarks. Um, on U Street, like the True Reformer Building, the Lincoln Theater. We learned a lot about the first industrial bank, which was the first Black-owned business in America. So when you all are like walking around the city, walking around U Street, passing by the Lincoln Theater, has the work that you've done on the app 
really allow for these places and these monuments to sort of really come alive and become more real than they would have otherwise? Like, do you walk around and say, wow, so much history happened here? Yeah, we recently visited U Street. And I would say that it looks like a normal street as you're on it, but we realized that a lot of the locations that we chose were super close to each other. And we went outside, we looked around, we took photos, we used our app as like sort of a test run. And it just is crazy, like how much it looks like a normal building. But here you have Lincoln Theater, True Reformer Building. It was just really cool to know all the history and like all these people on the street, they probably don't know what's what happened there. One of the places on our tour is the Lafayette Square Park, and we've been down with our school, with our high school on field trips, down to the Washington Monument, down to the White House, and as you may or may not know, the Lafayette Square Park is the park in front of the White House, and that was a former slave trading post. So it's definitely, we're able to recognize a lot of this history and a different side than what we have been taught and what a lot of schools across the country are teaching students, and we didn't know that, and All of our friends didn't know that. Family members didn't know that. So we're able to see a different side of history and just view things in a different way just because we have taught ourselves and that's what we're hoping to teach other people. How did you all pick the locations that you included on the app? Basically, we had come together with around like 30 to 35 locations to start with. And those locations range from like Alexandria and Washington. So we're actually hoping to expand our app further by going into locations in Alexandria, in Maryland, in other places in Virginia and more places in Washington. However, just as a beginner to do the first version of this app, we picked 17, but we do hope to expand. And that was kind of just a random number. We were like, this looks good. This sums up everything we're trying to say and make a point. But we also want to use this and build off of it and add more locations. Did you all coordinate with others to put the app together? Like, is it just you two or is it a collection of folks who we don't see? Tell me about that. Like I said before, like a lot of this history, we don't recognize as our own and we can't recognize as our own. And so it was very important to us that we work with members of the Black community while creating this app and had people review it. So we worked with a Black studies professor. And then we also worked with Rahal Quander, who's a Black historian in the Washington area who has a lot of tour experience and runs a lot of his tours that represent civil rights history in D.C. So we had feedback from a lot of experienced people. And it was really helpful for us to step into this with a lot of support and a lot of help. Yeah, that's great to hear. I feel like these kinds of things, you see the founders or the CEOs, and then there's like a village of people who you don't necessarily see who helps to bring it to fruition. Did you have any help from your classmates or teachers at Holton Arms putting this together or even just getting you inspired to think more about history? We did this project a lot over the past summer, so we weren't at school, but we talk to our teachers and friends about this idea, how they would react, what they would think. And we only got positive feedback from everybody. And I think our history teachers definitely helped a lot, including like our history textbooks and what information was included, what wasn't included, what we were taught about the civil rights movement, the time periods we were taught about. What also inspired me to kind of get moving on this project is that we learned about the 1619 project in school done by the New York Times, which was a very interesting project. And it talks about recognizing two sides of history and not just that of the dominant cultures. And I think that was a really strong message we were trying to convey with this app. So um, I think that was one of the reasons why we really, once learning about that in school, I was um, inspired to get going on this tour and this app and really put it out there. That's so interesting because I know Nicole Hannah-Jones' 1619 Project is 
starting to become a resource for schools and educators. And so I would love to see this app become a similar kind of resource to schools in the D.C. area about how students can become more connected to this history and really make it more of a living history. So you all have mentioned that you haven't really gotten a lot of backlash. You've gotten a lot of support from the education community. Do you foresee getting any backlash for the work that you're doing with the app? I don't think so, because I think one thing that we try to get across in all of the interviews that we've done. And whenever we've spoken about it to anybody, I think we try to get across that there are two sides of history and there are people on both sides to be recognized. But I think that it is important that we are not like choosing one or the other. Like, I think it's showing that we're showing all of history. And I think that's something that I'm lucky enough to go to a school that accepts that and acknowledges that and acknowledges that there is a part of history that isn't being recognized in a lot of schools. There could be some backlash in the sense that we are both white and we're both female and we both have lived a very privileged life and gone to a very privileged school. And we both recognize that. And that's why we thought it was necessary to work with members of the black community because we really wanted their input on this. We understand that this history is not recognized as our own. And so I think that would be the only aspect of it. But I think that we worked really, really hard to make sure that we worked with people whose history this was and who could give us really great input on it. And so I think that comes through with the app. It comes through with the writing. And I think that's something that Eliza and I both really tried to implement while creating this app. And I think if we did get backlash, I think we wouldn't take it lightly. I think we'd actually really try and work on what we did wrong or talk to those people and figure out like how we can do better the next time. We wanted to make it a lot of positive locations and a lot of places that symbolize hope. But like I mentioned before, like Lafayette Square Park, that is a very sad and unfortunate location of the history that occurred there. And so we had it fact checked, we had it read over and we wanted to make sure everything was appropriate and everything was um, definitely a light read and fun for people to listen to when, but also to see that part of history. It's time to get dressed up, DC. So Others Might Eat is having its Young Professionals Network Spring Soiree that's to help raise funds for homelessness in D.C. The gala is on the evening of May 17th at the National Museum of Women in the Arts. There will be live music from DJ Heat from the Washington Wizards, photo booths, food, and even a special appearance by a former actor from Pretty Little Liars. Wow. There will also be a canned food drive, so be sure to bring a few cans to support Sum's Food Pantry. Grab tickets before they're gone at sum.org slash spring soiree. That's S-O-M-E dot O-R-G slash spring soiree. See you there. Playing with the app today, I was like, oh, this is definitely meant to be centered in Black joy, not just like, here's all the traumatic things and like the markers of things that were awful, but also the things that were joyous, because that's also part of our story as people of color as well. Right. I love that. What's your advice to somebody who downloads the app and is taking a tour? Like, walk me through it. What is the experience going to be like? Do you have any tips for somebody who was like, this app sounds awesome. I'm going to use it. My first tip is that it's not a walking tour. A lot of my friends and company being like, I, you have a walking tour. This is amazing. I'm like, it's not a walking tour. I need to bring it to you. Um, You'd yeah. be walking for miles. Yeah, you really would. Yeah. Some people actually have come to me and said that they've used it. Like a lot of my friends, a lot of my classmates, which is awesome. 
yeah, I'd say walking tour, maybe start with where you're closest to. Like, I think that's the great thing about this app is you don't have to do the whole app and the whole trail in one day. You can just see where you're close to and do one or two landmarks and just see what's going on there. I would say the app is super unique. We wanted to include a map on it with each pinpoint location. So we also include uh, locations like the Lincoln Memorial and the Martin Luther King Jr. Memorial, which are very popular tourist locations already. And so I think start with one of those and then go deeper as you get deeper and deeper into Washington. They get to become a little bit lesser known and you might not have learned about them. But I think it's really unique that you can just be like driving by one spot. You don't actually have to go on a tour to take the tour. Um, A lot of people don't love like long, like four hour tours. So coming from someone who has parents that take us on very long tours um (laughs) it's we wanted to make it very flexible it's super easy to use user friendly yeah you just tap on an icon and also if you click on the app it's a audio tour you can also read but we do have a voice actor who reads it her name is nala b and we went through a series of trial runs and auditions for actors to test out the voice of who was going to be the right voice for this part and we found her and she was amazing she read a version of our script and that's the voice that you hear on the other end so she's I was awesome. wondering that as I was yes, playing with us. it yes. <laughs> yes not it's not us but um that is the voice you hear on the other end and you just get like attached to her voice and you want to learn more so I think that was the main goal for who was going to be our voice actor And there's definitely something about hearing these stories. I mean, reading it is great, too, but there's something about hearing the stories audibly as an audio person. It's nice to hear like a soothing voice in your ears taking you on this tour through history. Exactly. Yeah. So that was definitely our main goal. And we think it came out great. Do you have any favorite or interesting spots that you think people absolutely have to hit if they're using this app? Our favorite is U Street. Specifically, I didn't mention this part earlier, but the White Law Hotel was the first all-black hotel in Washington. It was founded by John Whitelaw Lewis, and he founded actually a lot of other places on U Street and in that area. But that's one of the hotels that was built and one of the places that was built because black people were not allowed into white-owned hotels. And so I also think the Lincoln Theater, it's very inspirational. I think U Street is probably one of the coolest and most inspirational places on our tour. And then I also think there's like so good restaurants there yeah, too. You can go and eat at Ben's Chili Bowl. Ben's Chili Bowl is there. And so it's definitely a great stop to hit. Do you all consider yourselves like social entrepreneurs, civic entrepreneurs? Like what title would, I mean, maybe you haven't thought about this. I'm just curious. Like what title would you all use as sisters who are like founding this app together? Eliza and I's family has a long history of working in politics and working in policy. And I can't speak for her, but I worked this past summer as a congressional intern. And then I also was a Senate page. And I'm really looking forward to going into policy. And so one of the main issues that I feel most passionate about, which is why I decided to create this app, is racial injustice in especially my home, but all throughout the country. So I'm not sure how I would title that, but definitely policy oriented. That's what's up. What's next for you all? Definitely expanding it more uh, past an app, updating our website a lot with more locations and our website. And yeah, so just staying tuned for that. And we hope to include it in school curriculum. But also I wanted to mention that Black History Month is coming up and a big part of our app comes with a lot of people who are not necessarily recognized. A lot of people don't know and not just black people, but um, there's white people too, like Charles Sumner. There's the Charles Sumner School and Thomas and Mary McLeod Bethune. And so we want to make sure that those people are recognized. So definitely 
it might not be this month, but in the coming months where we want to make sure that those people are recognized. And then we also are thinking of an idea that is a blog that's current ongoing civil rights history being made and current ongoing black history being made probably just in the Washington area or in the Alexandria area. So not just history, but current things happening. Yeah. Black history, black presence, black futures, all of that, because it's not just all in the past. It's also we're living it today. Right. Eliza, Lily Dorton, thank you so much for being here. And I know it's exams week almost. So (laughs) thanks for taking the time. Thanks for making the app and good luck on exams. Thank you for having us. Yes. Thank you so much for having us. And before you go, some quick news. It looks like Metro will try to boost service starting February 7th, particularly during peak hours. For the blue and orange lines, the goal is to have the average wait time fall from 15 to 12 minutes. And for the red line, the benchmark is 8 minutes, down from 10. There's been no announcement for the green and yellow lines so far. Meanwhile, the finalists vying to develop the Reeves Center on U Street are bringing out the big guns in their proposals. One team is calling the space Marion Barry Square, and they want to build a Moxie Hotel, space for Songbird Records, and a D.C. Central Kitchen outpost. The other proposal includes a Dave Chappelle Comedy Center, a recording studio, and amphitheater. Now, no matter who wins, the Reeves Center will be the new headquarters for the NAACP and will feature tons of new office space. And lastly, more than 500 homes in Ward 8 are getting solar panels due to an initiative by D.C. Green Bank. The project will reduce greenhouse gas emissions by roughly 18,000 tons of carbon dioxide per year and will offer residents a 25% off discount on their electricity bills. The panels should be completely constructed by the end of the year. That's all for today here on CityCast DC. And if you enjoyed the show, tell a local history buff. And our sister newsletter, Hey DC, covers historical spots like this all the time. So be sure to check that out too. We'll be back tomorrow morning with even more news from around the city. Talk to you then.